Welcome everybody to our next uh, video series on big data systems. And in this part, we will talk about machine learning systems. In a bit more detail, we'll first talk about the motivation, why we actually need machine learning systems or what we need them for. Then uh, I'll give you the details on what is a machine learning model, well, brief details, and uh, talk about the machine learning system stack then on different language abstractions and system architectures. I'll give you an example of a machine learning systems in a bit more detail, uh, namely system ML, before we talk about different kinds of execution strategies for machine learning training, namely data parallel execution, task parallel execution, and then different parameter server models before we briefly capture federated machine learning. And all of this uh, lecture is actually based on Matthias Böhm's lecture on the architecture of machine learning systems. And Matthias Böhm also wrote a book on this data management and machine learning systems, um, where you can read up on much more detail. And also this, uh, the lecture gives a couple more details on uh, these topics and on additional topics in machine learning systems. So where are we right now? And we kind of shift gears a bit from big data to machine learning. And so from big data systems to machine learning systems. And this is because a lot of the big data applications actually cater to machine learning at some point. So a lot of big data processing really is kind of pre-processing uh, for machine learning. And uh, well, as such, machine learning systems really also spend a whole stack um, of big data systems. So you can find machine learning specific optimizations and specializations on all levels. So from the hardware to OS virtualization, specific file systems, specific data management and data processing, and of course, many applications for machine learning systems. So let's talk about the motivation. So, um, well, why would we want a machine learning systems and what is it used for? And uh, first we want to look at the data science life cycle. And so basically, if you have some kind of application, you have some kind of data uh, for this application and you want to do machine learning on this, what you need to do is you need, first need to take the data, you need to capture the data, uh, integrate it, into a one nice data set, then probably clean the data and uh, prepare the data for the machine learning. And once this is done, uh, you do the model selection. Uh, so you pick the right model that you actually want to train. You need to train this, you need to train and optimize the hyperparameters for the model. Typical machine learning models have some kind of hyperparameters that you need to set properly. And then once you have such a model, you need to validate, debug, and deploy the, uh, the model. And then of course, score the model. So use it actually, and get some feedback. And all of this needs to be done by the data scientist. So the data scientist will capture the data and then do the data integration and everything and uh, train the model, etc. And uh, this is an exploratory process. So each of these steps actually needs to be done multiple times. So the data scientist won't be done by just 
capturing the data once, using it, using a certain model or number of features, and then um, she is basically happy what she's got. No, she often has to refine this, has to build a complete pipeline <clears throat> and do this over and over again. And once the pipeline is ready, then actually engineers come in. So we have the data and software engineer that build these pipelines um, into more stable form. And we have the DevOps uh, engineer that will continuously validate and debug the pipeline and actually care about the deployment. And actually, we really think about the data engineer as doing all of this. But um, if you want to basically split this up, like who does the data, who does the, uh, the pipeline, um, and who does the deployment, then you would say the data engineer does the, the, the builds the pipeline, builds the data, prepares the data, the DevOps engineer will do the software uh, development and debugging lifecycle. So another way of looking at this is sort of the classic knowledge discovery in databases process. And uh, so once you have sort of uh, so, or have some kind of data set, then uh, you select the correct target data, um, you pre-process the data, you transform the data, you uh, mine for certain patterns, and then you use these patterns to evaluate and build some kind of knowledge. And you can see here, although it's kind of in this slope, upward slope, where you get to reach the peak, which would be the knowledge, it actually just looks like a waterfall model. So it's more like this classical approach. However, what you also can see is that you have many of these backwards arrows, right? So once you evaluate the data, you will have to go back to the previous stages and we'll have to figure out, uh, is it good enough? Do I need to find better data? Do you need to do the pre-processing differently? The transformation, do I need different algorithms for the mining? And so it's kind of this same kind of idea, just looking at this uh, more of a, from a classical point of view. And um, in general, the evaluation or the mining itself, so the training, the machine learning training, really is more like a small part of the overall work. So um, there's a lot of effort in the data sourcing. And uh, there's a certain 80% yeah, argument that's been stretched a couple of times. So Michael Stonebreaker is famous for um, saying this. And then there's also other data science reports that say, 80 to 90% of the time is actually spent in finding the data sets and preparing the data sets and cleaning the data sets rather than using the data set with some kind of model. And so this means that this really should be fast, right? And this is where we go back to the big data systems, all of these data processing systems. But here now we actually want to find, uh, do the training. And so this is also some part, and of course this also needs to be uh, fast and we need specific systems for this. And I mean, this is only part of the story besides this data sourcing effort. There's also a lot of technical depth, uh, what it's called. And so the, the pure training, the pure machine learning is just a part but outside of this, you need to do the data collection, the configuration, the verification. You need all kinds of analysis tools. You need to monitor the infrastructure, you need a serving infrastructure. So if you actually want to use these machine learning models in a larger scale setup, 
then um, while you're training the algorithm once, it will be used many times and for many individual queries. So an example would be, again, a query engine, right? So if you have a query engine and you want to use a machine learning model to answer some part of the ranking and uh, the selection of the, um, the, the, the query engine, then basically, so some kind of uh, like web search engine, that's actually what I mean. So you have some web search and part of it uh, is done by a machine learning model, then you need a serving infrastructure. So many requests will go to this model and you need to be able to serve them fast. This needs to be monitored. Of course, the, the, the model needs to be retrained. So you need some kind of process management tools, etc. And there's lots and lots of glue code, lots of pipelines, dead code paths, then of course, plain old data types, many types of programming languages, prototypes, different kinds of abstractions, data testing, etc. So lots and lots of things around um, the machine learning that does cover not just the training itself. So there's lots of things that need to be do, done. And Still, if we look at the more narrow focus, um, what we have is that we have machine learning applications being some kind of statistics, data mining and machine learning. So classification, regression, recommenders, clustering, etc. And of course, around this, you still have the overall um, KDD or data science life cycle. So you still need to do all this pre-processing, etc. Um, but then you have the core application itself. And um, this application really should be executed somewhere. And this is the machine learning system. So if you're not writing individual code for every individual uh, machine learning problem and then additional uh, functions, et cetera, you have to start from scratch again. You want to have a system that executes this, just like you have a query engine to execute your database queries. And uh, so the, you have the machine learning system and what it needs to do, it needs to do some kind of um, yeah, program uh, compilation. So it compiles your uh, machine learning program into something that can be executed on the system. And this typically comes from programming languages, from compilers and from high performance computing. So the, the kind of techniques that we need then on the other hand, um, because it's so compute intensive, so it's all about calculating um, different kind of weights, how we can best fit certain kind of functions to the data that we have. And all of this computation needs to be done somewhere and often CPUs are, I mean, not efficient in doing this and mainly time efficient. And so we want to have special kind of hardware architecture and special kind of accelerators for this. So common example would be GPU. And uh, furthermore, uh, of course, we have all this data. So we need all this data management, distributed systems and operating systems technology in order to run this, to manage the data and to, to organize the larger scale execution. So, and all of this then uh, is basically your machine learning system. And of course, this is rapidly evolving. So, because there's so many machine learning applications, there are many different systems and many different new features in these systems all the time. 
So what is a machine learning system? Well, on a narrow focus, it's a software system that executes machine learning applications. And on the very narrow focus, it would be a system that executes um, just the training for a machine learning application. And on the broad focus, it's the entire system, the hardware, the compiler, the machine learning application. So the entire deployment um, that uh, runs machine learning applications. And there's always this trade-off between runtime uh, and accuracy in machine learning. So this is different from a database. In a database, we want exact. So we're, we're not trading off accuracy in most applications. So in this case, it's really about having exact results in the database system. And here in machine learning systems, we never have exact results or almost never have exact results. So we're always trading off runtime uh, versus accuracy. So how, how accurate need our results to be or can our results be? And how much do we actually spend on this in order to get there? And uh, it's still early days. So right now there's no standardizations, lots of different languages, lots of different system architectures. But of course, there are many shared concepts between these uh, architectures and this is what we'll cover today. And so what we will cover is this architecture in the internals of modern large scale machine learning systems. We're not gonna cover everything, but some of the core parts. So let's look at some of the challenge that we need to solve for this. So in many cases, you have custom machine learning algorithms for specific uh, applications. So because, I mean, it's always about accuracy, right? And this trade-off between efficiency and accuracy, um, you yeah, frequently, or there are frequently new algorithms that uh, are specific for specific, specific applications. And a lot of the research in machine learning is just about applying and developing new algorithms for new applications. So there's lots of cutting edge and bleeding edge algorithms that continuously evolve and that are some minor or major modifications of previous. And there are always also domain specific um, extensions. Of course, this is a challenge for the system because it needs to be able to execute all of them efficiently. And this looks typically something like this. Uh, so you have a data scientist, um, and she writes her code in Python or R or MATLAB or something like that. And then you have the systems programmer and she needs to then translate this into a distributed program, into something like Spark um, that we talked about earlier. And of course there, uh, if you do it like this, uh, then you have a very uh, slow iteration. So if we look back at the previous slide and the, the basic motivation or the data science lifecycle, we saw that this is like a lot of circle, right? So we have a lot of iterations in order to get, to get it right. So as soon as we have big data, we need to go to the big systems. Um, so the distributed systems, and this means, um, well, right now this is inefficient. And so of course, for this, we want some kind of system that lets the data scientists directly write their program in a distributed setup and still in an in, with a language um, that he or she can easily understand. 
And another uh, challenge is the changing environment. So typically we start with a small data set sample, um, but then as soon as we go into larger scale data sets, um, yeah, everything changes, right? The execution changes, the setup changes, and even the patterns might change. We might find additional stuff in the data. So we need different kind of um, setup in there, or we need different kind of, um, uh, yeah, processing in there. Then we can have dense versus sparse data. So meaning either um, if we have a matrix, all of the uh, fields are filled in the matrix, or we only have very individual small data points. And this also depends on the data set size, of course. And then the number of features uh, can be different and can change. Of course, I mean, the more we see that a certain data source is interesting, the more features we will also extract. So uh, thinking about some kind of scientific use case, if we see, okay, here in this sensor area or in this, yeah, this experiment, we see something specific or we see something that's interesting, we'll add more sensor readings. We'll add different kinds of sensor readings. So think about satellites, for example. Um, we'll add more satellites that uh, process different kinds of measures or present different kinds of uh, measurements. And so with this, basically, um, yeah, the data characteristics change. And again, of course, this changes the execution, might even change the algorithm. And then uh, the thing, we have the single node versus cluster. So in a cluster, everything needs to be uh, processed in a different way. And uh, finally, we have the data integration and deployment, uh, or the overall integration and deployment problem. And of course, one side of data preparation and feature engineering, but then uh, we can do batch versus mini batch training and scoring. Uh, we want to have maybe low latency uh, scoring. So if we want to say, for example, um, service uh, web engine, a web search engine, then uh, this needs to be super fast, right? Uh, at the same time, if we have our satellite um, exploration, um, use case there, we might be able to wait a couple of minutes for a result. In a web query engine, web search engine, this is not possible. And then of course we can do scale up versus scale out versus accelerators. So scale up meaning bigger hardware, scale out meaning more hardware, and of course accelerators like GPU, etc. So these are the challenges. Now let's look what is actually the machine learning model.